I'm just saying sometimes you move too quickly through the points. And there's not enough time to talk about the points. You know, what's a bullet without a conversation about a bullet? <laughs> what's a bullet without some place to shoot it right in your face? What? Okay, that's not that's not what this podcast is about. Um, you're right. It's not. It's about a husband and wife talking about things and Right now, we're going to talk about Get Out Right Now is the end of you and me. Just kidding. We're going to talk about Get Out, the movie, not the song by JoJo. (laughs) Do you even know that song? No, I don't. Well, I think about it every single time I think about this movie, which recently has been a lot because this is now the third time we've tried to record this crap. (laughs) That's true. The first time we did it, our, uh, our recorder ran out of batteries. And we lost everything. We had a nice conversation, too. It was good. It It was was good. good. You should have been there. I know. And then the second time, Patrick was really tired, and apparently I was a little overzealous, and so um, it was not the best recording situation. So we decided, you know what? Let's just give it another go. Let's not give up on love. Let's (laughs) not give up on the couch chat that's not taking place on our couch. Spoiler! Um, and yeah, we're just gonna have a cash conversation about this film and what we thought about it and just some of the stuff that everybody's saying. So I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this is Last Name Basis on our couch, but not really. So, uh, if you haven't seen the movie Get Out, I'm gonna tell you to get out of this podcast because there's gonna be all sorts of spoilers up in her Um, And it's a really good movie, so you should go see it and then come back and listen to the episode. Definitely. So that you can fully enjoy this experience. Um, So, babe, what did you think of the movie Get Out? Just, you know, stream of consciousness, let us know how you are feeling about this. (laughs) Um, Horror is a horror movie? I'm going to count it as a horror movie. I know some people are saying it's not a horror movie. It is a horror movie, whatever. It's more like a thriller. It doesn't matter. I, but now everything is genre bending, right? Because yeah. if, if it's not genre bending, it's not sort of, it's not new, progressive, or interesting. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't want, I wouldn't say if it's genre bending. I well, would say like horror thriller. Right. It's horror thriller, social commentary, and comedy. You yeah, see what I'm saying? Of, but, but the, a lot but of the, horror movies have like comedic elements, right? That's not new. No, it's it's there's comic relief, but this has like has, actual comedy in it. He, but there's he only has, one character is the comic relief. Yeah, but that character is like pure. It's like that character could be in like a Tyler Perry film. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Oh, maybe not that. Tyler don't, Perry. Yeah, film. yeah. Why would you? <laughs> don't do Lil Rel like that. He's actually ah, very I'm sorry, funny. I'm sorry. I okay. didn't mean any any shade to anyone. And actually, Tyler Perry films are a lot of times like super dramatic, with the exception of Medea. But okay, anyways, keep going. Okay, well, maybe not Tyler Perry, but he could be in an actual comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he couldn't be. I'm just saying, like, the film itself was not a comedy. It had exactly. a comedic I'm just saying, character. I'm just saying it's a, it's, a, it's a combination of different genres. That's no, what I, I would not. I would not throw the jo- the comedy genre in this film because there was only one funny character. Like there was not a constant string of jokes. But throughout were that the often? Film. So okay. So when you get comic relief, usually it's something that's like just a one off comment. No, or- one ca- a comic relief is usually a whole character, and that person is the one who is like adding levity to whatever the film is. I don't know is. if you see that a ton in in actual horror movies, though. I'm in not saying real you, thrillers. I'm, I'm, I'm just That's saying... That's why I'm saying there's a little merge merging of I wouldn't give... I like Little Rel. I think he was super funny. He's the guy who he played... The, he played the TSA agent, just in case you don't know who I'm talking about. Um, but I would not... I would not deem him like an entire slice of like comedy, like a comedy film. I would still say this is a thriller horror movie and that he is just like the comic relief but i digress <laughs> okay you asked me and this I, is what i, I asked you and i believe that you are wrong <laughs> okay no i i think there are elements of of like actual comedy movie as opposed to just comic relief mm-hmm. right and then there was there was obviously the social commentary worked into what is basically like a horror style style film right i'll count it as horror because that's this was my point is that everything is sort of genre bending or expanding at this right. point. So I would consider that vaguely horror. Yeah. I don't know why people care whether it's one or the other. but I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Like, to me, horror is usually like, <laughs> like gore and more um, like scary supernatural elements. Right. Like right. ghosts or like 
possessed people and like the house is making noise and like the windows are well, open. You know what I think makes it horror is is the the fact that you're not really sure what the bad like something's guy is going for a little on. Yeah, while. yeah. And that's what that's what horror is all about. Like in if 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 you confront the ghost and it's visible and it's right there and you can fight with it, it's not a horror movie anymore, right? It's got to mm. be sort of lurking. It's got to be outside of the camera. It's got to be outside of your That's an interesting your way to look at it. to conceive of it. And that's how it becomes horror because you can never have a direct line to whatever the threat is in a horror movie. It's got to be haunting. It's got to be outside Yeah, it has to your... haunt. It has to haunt. Well, sometimes. But, you know, even if it's a serial killer and it's a gory movie, those are horror movies like mm -hmm. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right. right? Things like that. That's a normal human being. But the idea is that, like, It's those still, people... like, stalking the person. It's still, like, looking around the corner. Right. You never know where they are. They're right. always one step ahead of you. They're popping out of closets. Right. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. You, it's has to be unknowable, and I think this film has that unknowable harm, at least for the first portion. You definitely are a horror connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> I am, but not. I like in, how that works. Like, not in that phrase. It sounded no. good, though. I liked it. Uh, yeah. I, I was just testing it out. I never said that in my life. <laughs> and, and I, I like wanted, how you have a disclaimer. I wanted to try it, and it worked. You do watch a lot of horror movies. Uh, tons of horror to movies. To be fair, okay. And in that, and for that reason. You know, I think that this movie was an amazing movie on the horror movie front and just as a general movie. Mm -hmm. um, so I would give it, I would probably give it at a 10, I'd give it like a 9. Look at you give it out stars. Yeah. We're, not even, we're not even at that portion of the chat. And oh, you're already, I, mean, I don't, I don't have, yeah, I don't, mm -hmm. <laughs> nine stars <laughs> right through your heart. Um, yeah, I would give it, I would give it like, I'm surprised you gave it a nine. Um, I would say like eight and a half. I still really liked it. Yeah. Um, I think I loved it. It was a good film, and that's fantastic. And we had a good movie going experience. We had, we'll talk about that. We had a great experience. Um, I think I would give it an eight and a half, mainly because I don't know. This was one of those movies that is very hyped, and it definitely deserves the hype. But I think when I left, like I, I. The twist wasn't like twisty enough for me in that respect. I right. think in my mind I was like, oh my God, I'm so ready. And then when it happened, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I believe that they are like mind controlling these people. Like I, I kind of saw that coming maybe. I don't mm -hmm. know. Maybe like it got spoiled for me and I don't remember or well, I'm not are really you sure. saying that Are you saying that the hype was just too much hype? moving before you went to see it? Because that I ruined Jurassic so. Park for me. Yeah, I still really liked it. Like, I still thought it was really, really good. But, like, when I left the movie theater, I was kind of like, huh, I don't know. And then I read more about the film, and then I was like, oh, damn, this was deep as fuck. Like, Because <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of symbolism in the film. Oh, I was going to say, before we get to that, do you want to talk about the guy that uh, gave it what, like oh, 9 out of 10 and ruined God. their 100% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, some guy, like they had 100% and um, apparently there's this guy who is notorious for being like the Debbie Downer of movie reviewers. Like, I don't know if he's just an asshole or if he deliberately goes and looks at how the movie's been reviewed and then makes sure that he's like the contrarian voice who's like, uh, it wasn't that good. So like, he was the one person that kept it from having a perfect score. And it was really funny because... People were pissed. People were really pissed, but so was the guy in the film who's in Atlanta. He plays like he's the first guy that gets abducted at the beginning of the movie. I forget his real right. name, but um, he went on Twitter and was like, "You're an asshole, dude!" Like he was like tweeting about him. It was pretty funny. I was like, "Good for you, stand it up for yourself in your movie." Um, what a jerk. I mean, it's okay if you don't like the movie, but. At the same time, I think it's silly to say you don't like the movie just because everyone else is saying yeah, they like more, it. It's, yeah, it's, that's more like trolling. Yeah, and you know what? I'm glad that you said that because honestly, in my heart of hearts, I believe that that's exactly what he's doing. He's just trolling because who the fuck was checking for this guy other than the fact that he says something opposite of what everyone else says. Like sure. he becomes a news he story. He gets to stand out. He becomes a story and then everybody goes and reads the article. And even again, I've said this so many times, but like as much as I think it's great that that actor called him out and like, you know, we all had a little kiki over that, but at the same time, he did just drive a ton of traffic to that article so that everybody could read it and be like, you're wrong. I'm going to sound off right. in the comments. And it's like, <laughs> right, dude, right. his boss is probably like, great job. Our page views are up this month because of you. Like, keep trolling. <laughs> uh, so 
I wanted to talk a little bit about the symbolism in this film because there's a lot. Um, some of it I uh, honestly didn't even pick up on until afterwards and I read about it. Um, you brought up one that I I didn't think about was like the deer supposedly symbolizing Chris, the main guy. Right. Do you think that that... I, you know, I don't know. I, I think... I think in a movie like it's this, foreshadowing. I yeah, I think I think for that it's it's more foreshadowing. It's symbolic in some sense, but I don't. You know, when you start reading into things, especially in a movie like this where everyone's reading, maybe into this everything, is a podcast. Like the point is to read into it, but it just becomes a little. Uh, I don't know, a little bit like mental masturbation. Everyone's like, "Who in that?" And that, it and does. what about the shape of the cup? The shape of the cup was important. <laughs> it was important because it resembles a shape that's related somehow to slavery at some point. It's like yeah. okay, I mean, but but to but be there is a lot of symbolism. But there and is that's a what lot invites that sort of yeah. And for me, I think that's kind of fun. I think it's like. It's like when you're playing a video game, and I'm admittedly not a video game player, but they have all these like Easter eggs in the video game that are meant for you to play the whole game and you beat it. And then you're like, okay, I want to play it again. And I want to see if I can find all the little extra special Easter egg things that I didn't know were there before. And I feel that, that about this movie and movies in general, and that like I would go see this movie again, largely again. Sure. so I could try and see if I could pick up on any of the little things that I, I didn't see. Yeah, it, it, it was smart in that way. And I think there that was some foresight for exactly the reason that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that definitely lends itself to like the social media like shared experience of watching movies now. Right. Where it used to be like you watched a movie and then like you talked to your friend or your partner about it and like that was it and now you watch a movie and you're like I'm gonna make memes and gifts <laughs> right, and I'm gonna right. hop in the hashtag and I'm gonna make all discussions. these I'm gonna make all these jokes about, like I was literally at the gym yesterday or yeah yesterday and um we were talking I was like running on the treadmill and I was having a really hard time like I was just my, my trainer was kicking my butt and she was like how do you feel and I was like I feel like we have this running joke where I try to be positive at the gym right. with her because she's super positive so I was like I feel you know um, really um, accomplished and she was like yeah this is totally like get out and I was like no 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 <laughs> like suddenly like a tear comes down my eye and like we all just started making get out jokes and it was right. so freaking funny that it was like that is very much what makes movies successful these days it is helps. putting it these helps. little bits in there that you can like pull out and apply to your daily life and um, have fun with and have fun with and then like and share keeps up the momentum and the conversation yeah, yeah absolutely so like for example one that I uh, again did not pick up on until I saw other people saying it talking about symbolism again symbolism in the movie was like eating the, the fruit loops separate from the milk see this is like, one the, of the ones where I'm separating like separating them like the white from the color Colored, right. You know? Yeah. I, I, yeah. This is one of the ones where, like, I, no, you don't see it. I know. I, I see exactly that. But it's that's one of the ones specifically where I'm thinking, okay, are we just are we just looking for everything now, or is that designed to be that way? Right? Is it was it was it um, Jordan it, Peele's intentional? Motive yeah. To say, okay, we're separating the white thing from the thing of color. You know, and, I think and so. There's like a lot of uh, there was. It's possible, but at the same time, here's the thing: it was an awesome character choice, right? Because that's the yeah, white girlfriend I, that yeah. lures him in, and she's super privileged, and mm -hmm. she's taking advantage of mm -hmm. all these black men, and she is sitting there listening to what, like the soundtrack from Dirty Dancing or something. I don't know what she was listening to. And she's to. eating one Fruit Loop at a time and taking sips of her glass of pure white milk. And, and I she's can googling see... like NBA or or NFL qualifying football players, which is just like so creepy. Right, right. She's looking for the most athletic men that she can lure back to her right. little camp there and uh, and steal their brains, very literally, <laughs> steal their bodies rather. Um, but I don't know. I feel like those those things are maybe maybe we're. Maybe we're trying to read into everything. I don't know. It's cool. It's fun, and it was, and it does work. I, I I'll give it to him. But. Yeah. I also, um, this is one that you picked up on, like the silver spoon. See now that using, seems deliberate. Using and, that and obvious enough that like I'll give them clear credit for that. I think that was really by design and really smart. Yeah, no, I loved that. I mean, it, it was definitely something that once you pointed it out, and again, I didn't think about it only because I'm like, yeah, she's drinking tea or whatever, and she's using a spoon to stir it, and like most spoons are silver, but right. then it's like, oh, wait, or but silver spoon yeah. is a euphemism for 
privilege and wealth. Um, and so like they, they did really like zero in on that, like in the way that the film was presented, like making sure that we really saw like that spoon happening and that mm -hmm. that was really um, important. It was a cool sound too that it made. Yeah, absolutely. I think, there, I think the sound was really great for the for the thing that put him into the sunken place, you know? Yeah, and I think also, like, the sunken place was really an interesting... There was some symbolism there, or not necessarily symbolism, but, like, one of the things that I saw people talking about that I thought was really interesting and I was glad people were bringing up was just, like, the links of slavery in this film and, like, the idea of... You know, during slavery, there was this period that was called seasoning, where they would take the slaves and basically try to break them down through like abuse um, in order to keep them from wanting to run away. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's kind of like this this prolonged uh, mind control, similar to what they did when they like strap them down, and they make them watch all this stuff, mm -hmm. and then it's like going to that sunken place. Like he's essentially still in there, except for he doesn't have control over his body anymore. And even just like the bingo card slash auction where like they're all kind of like bidding on him is like one of those things where like, yes, it's very a clear direct link to like the slave auction, but like right. Jordan Peele didn't have to create that scene. Like it could have been, they could have been like, you want him? All right, great. Like they could right. have just like talked about it or no, like flipped a coin. No, that was obviously designed to be like a, a current day slave auction. Yeah, Absolutely. Ex exactly. Um, and so I thought that that was really smart and um, and I really liked that because it, it added to the like scariness of it. It was like, oh my God, this is really sinister. Like you yeah. guys really do not see this as a person. You know, like all the fetishizing yes, and how yeah. they were all like petting him and like looking at his body, like squeezing him. And like everyone was really like, oh, this is something that we want. Like it is a very... This, um, is, this is an object and we're going to sell it. Yeah, yep. exactly. And that, Absolutely. Exactly. Like you're not a real person. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad he did that. He had a moment where they... Uh, where it became very obvious what they were doing. Right. So you knew where it was headed at that point, more or less. That you, party scene was terrifying. You knew that they were they were taking him to do, they were they were going to do something with him. Right. And he was an outsider there for their benefit. Right. You know, and, um, and I'm glad he chose that scene. And I loved that it was this sort of silent auction, right? There was yeah. no speaking. It was just him pointing at people and saying, you get it, you get it, mm -hmm. you're next, or whatever it was. And, um... And I love that they took it there where it was just this, he steps away for like two seconds. He's yeah. like, I'm going to go on a walk. Suddenly yeah. they have a blown up photo <laughs> of his face and they're bingo auctioning this man's life. It was like, holy shit. I know. Like, can you imagine them like going to Kinko's and just being like, yeah, uh, I'm looking for like a three by nine. Like, how did they get that made in such a short amount of time? You know, usually they you need like it, right? a they five to it. seven day wait for those prints to come back. <laughs> but they suddenly had it. Right. They had it prepared. It was they were high ready. quality. They too. were ready to have the bidding at that moment or the auction or whatever it was. It was just like on standby. What if just he didn't waiting. go on a walk? I, that's a good question, but it's crazy that they were like, oh, you're going to take a walk here. Let's Perfect timing. Just like that. I thought that was, <laughs> and that was the moment where you're like, oh my God, they are actually, they are actually just selling this man. I know. And it's just, it's mind blowing and it's really, it was really powerful. I thought it was more powerful because it was silently done. Oh, absolutely. And I then, thought that was incredible. Yeah. No, paralleling it with him talking to her and, you know, being all sad and her comforting him and being like, I love you and yeah. having like this tender moment where you know, you're being led to believe like, oh, wow, she actually supports him. And she realized that this is like a really fucked up racist situation. P.S. I knew she was in on it. From you the did? Day. Yeah, just from the jump. For two reasons. A, there's no way that she would be who she is bringing him to a family that that turned out to be what they were. I thought that Without maybe... her being somehow involved. See, I thought that maybe... She was kind of being manipulated and abused by her family in the sense that her mom had maybe hypnotized her in order to get her to lure guys to the house. That's what I started to think. But at the same time, it made sense that she was in on it. Possibly, yeah. But the second thing was that her acting was so flat and but that's so her, sugary but she's, sweet. But that's her. Like that, for me, that wasn't a tip-off because like she's just like that 
of a, much of a basic actress. That, but it worked in that context, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I would good say for her. With, with all of the, and, and it was an awesome cast, I don't think there was one bad performance. No, everybody's really good. And her flat acting worked really well in that context to be very, um, I don't know, amenable and agreeable for him. Oh, right. Who she was really just luring back to steal his body. Well, I saw somebody say that they were tipped off when he asked, does your family know I'm black? And she was like, oh, come on. Like, I don't need to tell them. And they were like, no, bitch. I don't trust you. Right. That's like the first thing that you would have taught. You would have mentioned it to your parents or they would have seen a picture or something. But like, that was what I would have been like. Mm. I don't know, though. See, I didn't I didn't never mention to my family that you were black. But did they see like pictures of me or? I have no idea. It wasn't, but I know that at no time did I say, did I say, um, hey, guys. I'm bringing this girl over and she's black. I never was like, my girlfriend or this woman I'm dating is black. Or did I show them a picture saying so that they could see that you were black? Yeah, but I don't, I don't know even, if I showed I don't them even, pictures, but, but I don't even know. I don't even reason. know if it's in the sense of like showing them for that reason. It's just kind of like feels like the elephant in the room of, well, they've never even seen what I look like and we've been together for a few months. And so like... I think her treatment of it was so like, it's not going to matter, whatever. It seemed like she was really... Like she was hiding something? She was really she was really understanding about all the other things. Right. Like when she talked to the cop and she was like, oh, but you want to see his ID because he's black. Like, okay, she knew that. But she was like, why would I need to tell my parents that you're black? Or why would you care right. if my parents know that that you're black? That's so, true. So even if she didn't do, even if she didn't tell them, it was a little bizarre. The way that she responded. She acted like he shouldn't care about it either. Right. And that's, I guess that is a little suspect. Yeah, like the way she responded, she kind of like overdid it. She was like, oh, I need to tell them. Right. And then was like, okay, you are doing the absolute yeah. most. I knew she was in on it though. Also, that's a classic horror thriller move. Oh, right. And uh, and yeah, and I'm glad she was in on it because it worked really well with her character. Like, she wasn't a great actor, and apparently, according to you, she's not usually a great actor. No, she has. She's the only other thing she's been but, in is Girls, and she was also in Peter Pan Live on NBC. Very nice. Um, she was Peter Pan. Oh wow. Uh, I could see that. And she wasn't. I mean, it wasn't bad, but. She just that—that's her. Yeah. Like she's yeah. pretty one note. But she was well cast for this. She's like, um, like Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. He was like right for that place and time. Right, exactly. You know, it worked for that role. But um, oh my god! But yeah, that's but nobody—that's my, my nobody Keanu believes Reeves. Keanu Reeves can can actually act. Did you did you hear my Keanu Reeves? You no. kind of have to see the face. Also, it's like, whoa, is this really happening? This is the Matrix. Oh my god, yeah. You are so lucky you can't see this face. <laughs> you look I know I know you think you I'm trying to look it probably kind feels of sto- like you look like I'm Keanu kind of, Reeves. I'm trying but- to look kind of stoned, like you kind of like close your eyes a little bit and you have to like um like poke your mouth out a little bit. Oh like, uh, no, hey. you look like a still frame of someone getting punched in the stomach right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Another thing that I did not pick up on symbolically in this film, apparently I was not really watching. I was just like, get out right now. (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't see some of this stuff. Um, But uh, this guy on Facebook that I follow, The Love Life of an Asian Guy, I don't even know what his real name name is. Like, it's so weird to call someone by like their Facebook name, but that's what his name is. A Love Life. (laughs) That's the shortened version. No, L L A G. uh, L L A G. O-A-G, Love Life of an Asian Guy. Like, that's like oh, okay. the letters that he kind of goes by. Anyways, he wrote about the fact that when um, they're at the party, there's one Asian guy there. Right. And they all turn around, and like this is after everybody's been kind of like pawing at him and being weird to him. And then the Asian guy says, um, you know, is the African-American experience an advantage or disadvantage? And... Again, I did not think anything of that. Um, but then he wrote this really great Facebook post about like how that was symbolic of like the struggle of Asian people as like this model minority where they're kind of like trapped between two worlds where they are a person of color, but they still get some privileges in like within the structure of white supremacy. They don't get the full gamut of privileges that, that white people might. Right. But at the same time... But they're, they're still, like, fetishized and othered. Right. And then they still can participate in anti-blackness. And then there's also, like, the history of Asian Americans owning slaves in this country, which mm-hmm. was really interesting. Again, stuff that I 
knew about, but like hadn't thought about in that one second. Like it's literally one sentence. Yeah, it's not much. It's really not much. I mean, he is in the bingo scene, but I didn't think to myself like, oh wow, they like specifically cast him for that reason and put him in there and made sure that he had this line, which again, really kind of encapsulates this idea of like, I'm Asian, but like, would it be better if I was black? Or like, am I happy where I am right now? Or like, you know what I mean? Kind of like sort of weighing the options. Like, am I am I identifying with the whiteness, or am I identifying with the with with like, like being a person of color? Exactly. And I yeah, thought that that's was interesting. I, I would have never done I that. Would have never thought about that. And I was like, this shit is deep. Like, <laughs> oh my god. And then I, I mean, seriously, like to me. It was like, maybe all of that subtext wasn't there. Like, who knows? But Jordan Peele did decide that the only other person of color in the movie was this Asian guy. Yeah, and I I, I did notice that. And I it, I expected that he was placed there deliberately for that reason. Right. But and I wouldn't have gotten all of that subtext. No. But, you know, I wouldn't have gotten all yeah. of that subtext. It would, it would take the love life of an Asian guy to fill me yeah, in. Yeah, so. and I thought that that was really cool. Um, so I really enjoyed, like, reading that perspective. Something that you brought up, too, um, was about the blind guy that I thought was really... Um, oh, okay, okay. Kind of so, sparked something, another conversation we had. So I really like this. This is my favorite, one of my favorite parts of this movie, and what I think really makes the movie especially profound, right? Because everyone in it is clearly very racist, right? right? They're fetishizing this man throughout the movie. They want his body. They're doing all this. P.S. I love the fact that they're literally swapping out their brains. Ugh. They're taking, they're taking, literally taking physical possession Such a metaphor. and control yeah. of his body, which yeah. is like a perfect metaphor for all of slavery, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then trying to put their brains inside of that body pushing him down to the sunken place mm -hmm. indefinitely, which I think has two parallel meanings. One um, can be interpreted as like the the replacement of white culture for black culture within yeah. the black community. Yeah. Like this, this, this. Like assimilation. Assimilation, yeah. right, that forced assimilation. But also. And the robbing of the culture. Yeah, and, and also like cultural appropriation. And also cultural appropriation. Yeah. And also just the physical hijacking of a human being. Yeah. Right, for labor and, and whatever purposes you, you know, slavery basically. Um, but I really liked this guy because, right, the obvious racism throughout the entire film. This guy is like, look, I don't know why they're why everyone's got to be black. I don't care what color you are. I just want to take what you have. Yeah. And I thought that was really profound because, and we were talking about this last night with Delon, um, because I think that slavery. Racism doesn't occur without the white people getting something from it. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason to do it is to get something out of right. it. Right. The lineage began with slavery, which was just, hey, here's people that we can take control and, quote, own. Yeah. And make them do whatever we want. And this guy really embodied that, I think. You yeah. Know? And just, it wasn't just a bunch of racist people. It was just, it was, it was that, that sort of bottom line fact that racism is driven by taking the resources from somebody else. Yeah. It's an economic game. But I even in a thought very direct sense. I, even, I, I thought that made it really just really grounded the whole thing and was really extremely wise and important. Well I really also thought was interesting about that. And again, something I didn't think about until the second time we tried to record this podcast. And you mentioned the wine guy <laughs> right. as your favorite part. I thought that was really interesting also because Think about it. It's such a great analogy for cultural appropriation, this idea that he said, you know, I tried to become a photographer and I wasn't any good at it, so I became an art dealer. And now he has this black kid who's a photographer and is very talented. Mm -hmm. And we saw some of his photos, like, when they were in the apartment and they were very much, like, photos of, like, black life. Um, and now he's like, I want to do that. So now I'm going to do that. It's like yes. such a metaphor for like, oh, you guys are playing, like black people are playing rock and roll. All right, I want to do that now. I'm going to fucking play rock and roll. Right. And like, we're going to make it. Oh, you guys are wearing cornrows. Well, now I want to do that. So like now that's going to be my thing. And so it was really interesting that he was literally saying I was unable to do it because I didn't have the creative talent. Now I'm physically unable to do it because I am blind. And so I am going to just take the talent from you. Right. And and I'm going to have what you have. And right. I'm gonna be I'm gonna take your eyes. And it's interesting too because, you know, technically you think he probably wouldn't get his talents. 
But he, right. But he's right because if it's his brain in the dude's body, he's yeah. not going to be more talented. Right. For it. Right. Um, which which also fits in with cultural appropriation. Yeah, you can just like you can't steal somebody's artwork and actually expect just to be good at it because you Iggy stole Azalea. their. Yeah, like right. you can't just be like I'm going to do it now and then you're just going to make a bad and knock then suddenly off. you're going to be talented. Yeah, no, it's not going to work that way. Um, but but um, but he but but it was definitely implicit in his saying, I want your eyes. Yeah, that's what he wanted. He really believed that being able to see through his eyes would mean suddenly he would be a good photographer. Right. Which is just like so interesting. Right. It was it was interesting in that in that respect. Um, that guy was creepy. The 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 son was the creepiest. He, he was, was terrifying. terrifying. And you know what? I, honestly, in retrospect, I knew something was up just in the sense that like if she wasn't in on it, the least she would have done was to tell her boyfriend, listen, my brother is an asshole and he's terrible. Because as soon as he got he's there- He's not even an asshole. He has clear signs of serial killer. Yeah, you he's, know? yeah he is definitely like killing animals in the backyard. Like right. he is a fucking creep and just the way he was looking at him and he was like, you would be a beast and like- Right, And yeah. like with that your- really Like just line. like really all of those, yeah, all those little things that he was saying and the way he was looking at him as he was like hovering over his food and like like wringing his hand on the glass and stuff it was just so scary and terrifying you would think that if you knew your brother was like a fucking piece of shit that you would say when you're bringing your you know girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever home my parents are they're a little nerdy she was like oh my dad tells a lot of nerdy jokes mm. and then she was like my brother like yeah. she wouldn't say like i'm just gonna let Look, you know don't he's, be alone with my brother he's awful you know what i mean like that's just how he is it's nothing had to do with you um i thought what was really cool um the mom was also in um being john malkovich right, remember? right she's yeah. in being john malkovich um and how cool is this being john malkovich is also a movie about Getting into, like, crawling into a doorway that leads into John Malkovich's brain so that you can, like, drive John Malkovich around. Like, that's so weird, right? <laughs> like, like I don't know. I don't think that that was intentional, but, like... It was, like, a nice perk. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I wonder if anyone yeah. else figured this out because, like, I felt really proud of myself. Did you figure that out? You didn't read that somewhere? No, I probably did. Well, I I knew that she was in being okay, John yeah, Malkovich. Okay, so you're suggesting that you read it somewhere and then just gave yourself credit for it? Uh, Genius. No, wait, okay, no, here's what happened. Here's what happened. <laughs> okay, let me, let me, well, what, what happened was I remembered her from being John Malkovich and I thought like, oh, she was off, she was a bad person in being John Malkovich also and she was like a manipulative person and a controlling person in being John Malkovich. They were all bad people in John Malkovich though, let's face it. They were, but I'm just... In a different way. I mean, no, Cameron Diaz's character wasn't mean. She was just kind of like weird and like, the, you know what I mean? She had like the frizzy hair. Yeah, but in the end, they both start fighting over that woman. Yeah. The one that was in Get Out and trying to commandeer John Malkovich's body so that they they're, could be They're with all pretty bad, but I'm just saying like I was seeing the similarities in yeah. her character in this film and like the ma manipulation, sure. the controllingness. Uh, the deceitfulness, whatever. I didn't think about the fact that, like, in being John Malkovich, it was about controlling physically John Malkovich's body until I, like, read about it online. So I got part of it. <laughs> and I was still really congratulatory. Oh, you get 50% of the credit for this. And one. I was very proud of myself. I was like, yeah, I knew her from another movie because I've seen some <laughs> movies. <laughs> and, so I know if you haven't seen yeah. Being John Malkovich, it's a really good movie. You it's, definitely it's should. It's old, but it's a good, creepy, weird movie. Um, I just, you know, in my heart of heart, I just wanted her to be like, Malkovich, 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 <laughs> like when she got inside. Or she could be, or, oh my God, wait, the the um, housekeeper? Oh her, God, she her, was so good. She was so good. I did see an article that was talking about how like black women were the most underrated and unappreciated people in this film because- She's in it, and then there's like the um, then they have the conversation about his mom, and then they also have the black lady cop that he goes and tries to like get to go out there and and find her. Those are the only black female oh, right. characters in the film. You know, she encompasses the strong black woman, but she can't be strong, and she's you know fighting within herself and the teardrop. Which I mean, yeah, maybe. But the other thing too is that right, you find out at the end or towards the end 
that each one of the black people in the movie, except the main guy on the property there, mm -hmm. are really white people. Right. And the the like their their black consciousness has been suppressed. Right. So as they walk around, they're just white people. Like he talks to the the groundskeeper guy, and he sounds he's like the, grandpa. the oldest he's white the, man. Yeah, he's, he's their grandfather ever, right? So you know, it's it's interesting to think that she would be crying like that. And it was saying, kind of like it was, and and the article was saying that she was the teardrop was like her real consciousness trying to get out, like trying to, ooh, get out, hello, oh, God. <laughs> uh, was trying to signal to him that she was inside there, but she couldn't, like she was in the sunken place. Right. And that's why she was like, no, no, no. She was like fighting it. She, you know what I mean? It was like the push and pull of oh, her. So her, so her repeating no, 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 like that and sort of freaking out a little bit it was, was like, like an internal struggle between her white brain and her black That's what this article suggested. And again, I did not think of that. See, when I, I was, was just thinking as we were talking about this that, that it was interesting that she was in the worst position because, you know, of, you know, within like this sort of, I don't want to call it like a stratification, but, um, but just in the world, like black women have been particularly yeah. disenfranchised yeah, I and think undervalued. That was, no, and and I, I thought it was interesting that though there was a white woman in there, she didn't seem to be doing very well. She was still in like the subservient. She still she seemed didn't like really, she was, where's yeah. the black where the white grandpa who took over the black um the groundskeeper guy. Yeah. Right? He seemed very pleased with his position. Yeah. And that's he was true. running around at night just because he could, because Well, they he were was all supposed to be trained. He was be training. Well, training for what, though? I don't know, like working on his body or something. Exactly. I think he just enjoyed being in like this young physical, physical form. Yeah, you know, this, and he was just enjoying it and used it to threaten the other guy, which yeah. was not lost on me either. But she wasn't getting any of those benefits. And the other guy... The um, mom was like, like kind of being rude to her and like still talking down to her and like... Right. Like, um, Kind of bossing her around and right. not really being very delicate with her. In that so respect. I don't know if that was additional commentary for that reason, but you know maybe it's there. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I thought one of the other commentaries on it was that um, they this article I read was saying like she wasn't surprised that the daughter was only able to lure black men and one black woman because like it's a commentary on how black women would have seen right through that bullshit and I was like I mean maybe <laughs> like yeah or that's a lot. like maybe that's a like lot. I was like or or maybe she was going through like an experimental phase in college and she decided that she wanted to date black you know a woman or whatever so I don't know about that part but then they also were kind of reading into the um the black female detective and like how she was kind of like like nonchalant and kind of making fun of him. Yeah. Like they were kind of using that to say like that that was a stereotype of like black women, like a, a negative representation of black womanhood, like or something. Really? I don't know. I didn't I, see that because she I didn't was, see it either. She was a position of authority. She was. She brought in her her friends or coworkers. Who were two like, other black guys? Look, guys want to let you know, and they laughed about it together. So they were sort of like a unit. Yeah, I don't them. agree with that. I would just yeah, like. So I didn't feel like there was there was like her gender was important. No, me neither. But one. they were using it to say like the black women as a whole in the film were like on the lowest rung of the film's importance. Like they mm -hmm. didn't, like they weren't really driving the story. Like that could have been any, that could have been a man. That could have been someone that wasn't black. It could have been anyone and it would have been fine. Like that they're, that they were disappointed that they didn't feel like that the, the housekeeper character had some interesting possible backstory that we like didn't really get to know or we didn't yeah. really see very much of her. She had that one scene, which was an amazing freaking scene. I mean, honestly, like that and the kid in the chair. Yeah, it was with, one of the scariest, most memorable scenes in the movie. It's very like striking. So I mean, in that respect, I think it's pretty awesome. But I don't know. Again, I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm just saying like it was something that I read and I hadn't really thought about. And yeah. that it's it, interesting, but also it's written by Jordan Peele. Right. So it's it's one of those things where I mean, you know, and to be fair, you can only do so much in a movie to make, for instance, if you swapped the main character out mm -hmm. with a woman, you would have a different set of social. Oh commentary. my god, it would be a totally different movie. Not maybe not entirely entirely different because you could still have all of the "We Want Your Body," where all of the commentary on racism and all of that sort of thing. But um, but you would really have to do something very different to give 
to do justice. Oh, to right. The, to like to the black female experience. Oh, absolutely. So it, it would be. I think know, it would be. A, and it's written by a black man, right. not a black woman. Well, so. and interestingly enough, like that's been another criticism. Um, Samuel L. Jackson came out and said that he was disappointed, or he said that it, you know, it that it was a great film. He hadn't seen it, or he'd heard good things about it, but. The lead actor is British, um, and I can't think of what his name is. I'm, I would totally butcher it. Um, but he was just saying how we've seen this surgence of like black British actors playing African Americans in mm -hmm. films, and that like not that they're less black or they don't understand the black experience, but like what is this propensity for Hollywood to fail so often to tell? African-American stories and then when they do tell the stories like they don't even put us in the roles to like let us tell them right. like the experiences are just they're similar in the sense that like racism is everywhere but it was just one of those like it would have been his comments were like it would have been interesting to see what an African-American actor would have brought to the role and again I don't know that I completely agree with him but I also do think it's interesting that there are so many black British actors that come here and just like crush it. And See, I like, mean, I, I, I agree with him in the same way. I agree with people who, you know, who were upset that what's her face was, uh, the uh, played an Asian role. Oh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson. What was the movie? Uh, Ghost in a Shell. Yeah. Right. Ghost in a Shell. Like, I mean, I see it. It sounds like pretty much the same sentiment to me. Yeah. I don't know that you it's know? exact same, but it's similar in the sense of like, who can most authentically tell this story? Well, it's about it's about it's about people telling their own story. Right, right, right? absolutely. I, so you know, if if there's a difference in experience for black men in England than there is for black men in America or women, then I it makes the same sense to me. Yeah, and I especially mean, if if it's become now if it's become a, a theme. Yeah, there's been a lot. That's bizarre. Like Fatty there's definitely no plenty of talented black men here in America. Like Fatty Newton is is British, or is she from Britain? She's not from America for sure. David Oyelowo, who played MLK and Selma, right? Um, the woman who's in Moonlight, whose name I can't think of, she plays the mom. Um, there's just like a lot, and I feel like every day I will see someone and then read their or Lupita Nyong'o. Like I'll mm -hmm. read their bio and suddenly be like, "Oh well, they're not uh, from America." Like, which again is not a bad thing. It's just it is an interesting perspective on like the personal connection, like the history of colonialism and and slavery, and you know, like in the United States, how that permeates our daily lives versus what it's like for black British people. Do you know right. what I mean? So I don't know. Again, I think a lot of people were getting really upset that he said that. And I see, I see nothing to be upset about who was being upset about. That? Oh, the, there were people that were upset. I mean, I, the, the lead Wait, guy, were they, were, they, were they white people? Were, no, I, mean, I saw, I saw people of all backgrounds, including black people that were like, I saw, well, oh, John Boyega, who was in Star Wars, is black British. He was, like, pissed but about Samuel it. But Samuel wasn't, like, boycott this He film. wasn't. No, exactly. That's okay. what I mean. He, he wasn't, he wasn't unfairly critical. I don't think he said anything that was like, this is terrible. He doesn't know what it's like to be black. He literally was just like, I would... I wish that there were more opportunities for African Americans that to play African Americans because I think they would we would bring something different to the role and I think that that would be interesting. And then the guy who actually played the part wrote this like or did an interview and he gave a really thoughtful response that I again don't necessarily know really address what Samuel L. Jackson was saying, but he was saying he is uh, an immigrant, you know, clearly. Um, and so he has struggled with not being seen as British enough to other people because he's black. And then when he goes to his parents' home country, that people don't think that he is, you know, whatever enough because Wait, he's so, British. So he wasn't, he wasn't British born. He is British born, okay. but his parents are immigrated to Britain. So I think they immigrated from somewhere in Africa. I don't remember where. Okay. So he was just saying, like, when I go back to Africa, they're like, you're not a real African because you're British. And then when he comes to the United States, they're like, well, you're not really black because you're British. Or And he's, like, super dark-skinned. So he's mm -hmm. like, I also have that to deal with. And again, all of that stuff is truthful. And, yeah. and, and But I was also kind of like... But Samuel, not speaking to but, Samuel. But Samuel point. Jackson didn't say you aren't black. Like right. uh, he, 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 and he didn't say that that wasn't a set of issues that should be considered. 
He said, this is a role about black American men and right. women, and we should probably have black American yeah. people play. So I don't know. I thought that, that was interesting. And it, again, for me, no matter what you think, I think the fact that the conversations are happening is really cool. Like, it's a horror movie, and people are getting, like, deep AF about, like, yeah. racial issues and, like, you know, like, just perception and, like, dealing with your own, like, body autonomy and, like, art. And it's just, like, there's so many conversations that are happening. Yeah. It's neat. It's good. It's It, it did a really good job of providing a, a launching point for... All sorts of conversations, especially because, as we were talking about, you can read into it forever. All right. Well, we would love to hear what you thought. Of oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we go on, mm -hmm. just because because we should talk about how it ends briefly. Oh, right. So so at the end, and this is this is great. He goes to rescue his his. Um, I'm sorry. He goes to rescue the woman that is the housekeeper. Oh, right. Because he hits her with the car, and he feels bad, and his mother was was. Hit by a car, hit by a car and car died. And left to die, and he didn't do anything about it, so he puts her in the car. And then, of course, because it's actually the grandmother, she wakes up. She's and like, you ruined my family! <laughs> She's like, you destroyed my house, oh. not even my people. Oh, no. Like, not my family. God. She Keep her in that subservient role. That's all she cares about is the house. She was, she was like, my house. Um, and then, and then uh, you know, obviously, they wrecked the car. She's dead. Um then the woman comes out, the the, the white girl, yeah. who lures him there and is trying, basically shooting at him like some sort of animal, right? Yeah. Just like taking shots at him, like some sort of hunter. And she, you know, uh, she dies. But our producer of her last name basis actually made this point. She said it was the first time she's ever been in a theater and heard an entire audience cheer when a black man kills a white woman. I know, that's so true. And I just thought that was that was really poignant and really awesome. That Everybody that in our theater was so into it. And and that was another point that we were trying that we wanted to bring up is that usually I shy away from like packed movie theaters because I'm that old lady who is like, excuse me, please stop talking, turn off your phone. And when I go into a theater that has that many people, I'm just kind of in the back of my head, like, God, I hope that y'all know how to behave. And our theater was great. They were so into it. Yeah. They like yelled at all the right times. They shouted, get out of the screen, which I think was a really smart choice for the title because throughout the film, it was appropriate to just be like, <laughs> get out, get out of there. <laughs> um, and yeah, when, when she was getting killed, everybody, when they were going through the, when he was going through those pictures, the whole audience was like, no, ah, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't that was not a shocker for me. Like I said, I knew oh, she had been no, doing that, this. No, no, no. I, I I I I genuinely was shocked at that part. Like I was like, oh, you little bitch. Like, oh my god. Yeah, that like that shook me to my core. Yeah, no, that that was very I loved the moment when the cop car rolls up. And she she looks and she goes, oh help me, because like she's right, thinking it's a right. cop, and and you could feel the whole audience be like, fuck, this movie's gonna turn into something totally different, yeah. where like a cop is gonna come out and just like shoot and kill him. Like I thought right. that that's where it was going, and then it's the TSA guy, and it's everyone's like, yay! That was that was a nice <laughs> twist. That was a that good was twist. an awesome twist. It was also probably the first time anyone has cheered for the TSA. Because <laughs> that's a really good point. <laughs> I fucking hate them. It was so funny. It was like TSA motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do our detective work. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, about? no, you don't do anything. You confiscate my fucking face cream. And it's like, no one is making a bomb with fucking face cream. Like, get <laughs> out of here. You can fucking check an unloaded gun in your like, bag. Baggage, but I can't bring my face cream. But that was great too, because that was that was exactly when I was saying before. It's very the, the comedic element is very like a comedy. That's something you'd see at the end of like Paul Blart Mall Cop, where he becomes. Why would you use that reference? Because baby? it's so stupid and such a like ridiculous pure comedy. Baby, have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. Of course, I haven't. That but looks I'm, like a, I'm just a saying, terrible movie. I know, but now I'm Two mad. I'm, movies, I'm actually. mad suspect that you, that's the movie that you would just pull out of your mind. I don't watch comedies. I only watch horror movies. I'm just saying that I'm having second thoughts about you because that movie looks horrible. Oh, yeah. And to suggest that there would be some sort of funny ending in that film is offensive. What and are you talking about? I'm just saying, like... I, I'm wondering if you've watched that film. 
Because you're like, you said it with such confidence. As no, I haven't. No, I have not seen the movie. Okay. I have no desire to well, see the movie. Well, pick something, you know, that we can agree on, like The Hangover. You know what I mean? Like something where like... Well, because at the it's end a cop the... thing, right? Because he's a failure. As a, he's a oh, mall cop and he's a failure. Okay. But you know at the end, he comes through and it's this comedic like... And you he know, saves the day. He heroism. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. And that's exactly what happened. You had me really end. worried for a second. I, I have not seen Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> I don't watch King of Queens. I don't like that guy, period. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. Something about him rubs me the wrong way. He seems pretty, you know, pretty harmless. So Yeah, I'm sure he's a fine gentleman. I don't, yes. I don't hate him in a personal sense, but... Um, his but career is trash. His career is not what I want to see. Okay, great. Um, yes, I love that moment, and I hear you in the sense that it's like the incompetent... Uh, security person right. who then suddenly like cracks the case and does something awesome. Right. Yeah. No, that was great. That and was. I thought it was really cool that it was merged flawlessly. That sort of like comedy movie ending mm -hmm. with the horror movie ending, where he like looks out in the distance, like "fuck, what have right. I done?" And then this, you know, the the you know the the rescue comes sometimes at the end of horror movies. So mm. they actually took what I felt were like two very different genres. That's true. And sort of fit them together for that really great ending that worked for both. I I'm they, just saying. I know. You know I, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that you really impressed me because I had not thought about the merging of the comedy movie ending and the horror movie ending. And clearly, you were so busy telling me it wasn't wasn't a comedy. And okay. now I've convinced you. Okay, I'm giving you your props. I, you're, you are right. Okay, That's right. and I. You're in the sunken place. <laughs> more and more realize I'm gonna revise my stars, and I'm gonna say nine out of ten stars. Boom. Nine and a half, actually, just so I can up your stars. <laughs> you want to top my stars? I would like to top your stars. <laughs> you're still gonna take shit for this because it's not a ten out of ten. Yeah, I don't. I'm. I don't believe in giving tens out of tens. <laughs> just on principle. You know why? Because I want Jordan Peele to push himself to be the best. Oh my be, God. And he can make the next movie a 10 out of 10. God. So I'll give him a nine and a half stars. Good. Good. Well, we would love to hear what you thought of this movie, or maybe there's some things that we missed. Um, you can tweet us using the hashtag last name basis, or you can tweet us individually at Cheska Lee. At tie optional. And yeah, this was a successful couch chat that wasn't at our couch and I don't know baby um I think third time was the charm we actually yeah for the third times yeah yeah we did it we made it through and and the recorder is still recording so I know that uh, we got it all on tape yes cool